The ability to teach our children these principles, it's like red alert, it's urgent. Imperative. Or they will be ruined by money. They will be ruined by that which my father and mother sacrificed to afford me. That which I have sacrificed to afford my children will actually be their ruin. So we have to get our heads around how to train our children and, and to I handle finances. I, I, I absolutely believe it's godly. On today's episode, I travel all the way to Houston, Texas. Why would I travel to Houston, Texas, where it's 103 degrees? Why would I leave comfortable 60 degrees Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, for you, the answer is for you. I did it for you because I want you exposed to the wit and wisdom of Linda Manuel, my mother. My father has appeared on several uh, episodes of Abraham's Wallet in the past. And my mother has been present for some of those, but she hasn't been front and center. I have wanted for a long time to uh, get her talking about this issue of training one's children for financial responsibility. We have talked about uh, training your children for responsibility in the past, but you know, if you polled a 25 year old on the subject of training one's kids, you might get some theory. But if you speak to my mother, uh, this is a woman who has done it successfully. And I'm also here to tell you that uh, training my own children in some of those same values, which chiefly came from her, it's gone quite well. And I recommend her to you. So you'll hear me in this interview trying to goad her into some of her hot sports opinions. She's a little bit reticent to give them all the time. She, she wasn't crazy about even being recorded at all, but she did it to humor me and to bless you. So here you go. With no further ado, this is my mother, Linda Manuel, and that is today's episode. And this is Abraham's Wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. I think parenting is the greatest privilege God gives a woman and um, because I wanted to raise my own children and didn't want to have an excuse of blaming a childcare worker for how my children turned out. I worked six years before we were able to, I was able to quit work and um, be a mother. And I think it's just the greatest privilege I ever, ever had, besides being a wife. There you go. We were just talking about your mindset to this day about money, yeah. which has always been one lives below one's means. Absolutely. And you, you said that you couldn't get that mindset out of you if you tried. No. That's built into you. It's Abs hardwired. Absolutely. It's the reason you were able to go to college and we paid cash for it. Thank you very much. Yes. Otherwise, it had been charged. Well, we were with our friend Steve last night, and he was saying how when he was in high school and college, he would buy, he's diabetic, and he was determined to buy his own insulin. Mm -hmm. 
And now that's just an interesting artifact historically for someone to say, I wanted to take care, I wanted to pay my own way. Mm -hmm. And I remember you did, you guys did put uh, money on that. Um, it was like a, it was oh, like a God. card that you could buy on-campus food with. You could go to the cafeteria, you could go to the pizza shop on campus, and it was with this card. Yeah. And I remember you, you both repeatedly saying, do you need any more? Do you need any more? And I had this, again, this hardwired thing that would have come from you primarily that said, I don't need any more. No. I, I, can, I can do it. I always worked through college. I was waiting tables. I was refereeing. I was doing whatever to, to make ends meet. Um, and, and didn't blame us. I mean, no, I just to, had that in, in my mind that I do it. this is me. Make I have the ability to work. I can make my own way. I can juggle work and school. So I'd like to kind of peel back and get to the bottom of where did that come from? Because we were also saying yesterday, we're watching the excellent uh, PBS series called Country Music that Ken Burns uh, produced. And we're watching stories of people like Dolly Parton, Loretta Lynn, Merle Haggard, Buck Owens, mm -hmm. and every single one of them came from poverty, nothing, dirt, nothing. Yeah. But what they had from, I guess, from the work ethic of their families or something, they all had this ambition. I can work. I can make something happen. We were talking about how ambition this ambition to be something seems to be gone. Absolutely. It's be all given to you. Okay, so that's what I, that's what I want to talk about is the, the, the absence of an ambition, of a vision of what I could be. So we'll talk about why the, what those reasons are in a second. But let's kind of turn back the clock and go, um, tell us about your background and why you would have been careful minding your dimes and quarters well we didn't have any i never had any money we weren't given any kind of allowance we my sister and i just helped mama around the house we had put uh canned food every summer and we never went on vacations or anything and i never resented it I you guess. canned you canned food mm -hmm. we had a, a garden that was an acre big and we y'all worked that every day as uh -huh. kids yes and then we picked cotton at my uncle's cotton field. Um, Daddy would back up the truck, the pickup truck, and it would be loaded as full as it could be with corn on the cob. And we just worked and helped Mama. My brother worked, but we helped Mama at the house. And you ate a lot of the food that you raised. We ate all of the food we, that we raised. I mean, I, I didn't have any money to, to figure out. I didn't have any money to. Well, I think that's actually significant. I mean, that, I think that changes your relationship with money to when at some point budget. in your life there was no money and, it's, and at some point money is introduced as now you, you'll make decisions about this that go forward and you, and you kind of treat it differently than the assumption that it's always there, which a lot oh, of people grow up with absolutely. now. But you were in this little t tiny Texas town. Mm -hmm. Your father... Was he a frugal presence? Was he ridiculous with money? He worked so hard mm. from dark till dark with his the water system. And um, we never had, I never remember him spending any money. We didn't have any money. 
Now, I, your mother died when you were 15. Mm -hmm. And were you were you running the family budget from oh, then? Oh, no. No. Daddy Who, did all that. Was there a tab at the grocery store and then you would just go get what you need? Yes. Okay. I and he settled up. I the I needed and he would go pay the bill. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I went to college, um, and it was Blend, so it wasn't even expensive. I guess mailed him a check. I, I never took any money back. Yeah. You knew the value of a dollar because no. you never had any. Absolutely. So when you... You started working. You were telling me uh, yesterday about working and making peanuts. What did you say you made a week? You know, I think I made about a maybe a hundred and seventy-five a month, maybe. And you lived and in a I'm, junky place oh, in Houston. Efficiency apartment. <laughs> it was horrible. So you knew how to stretch a dollar. Oh, yes, I did. I didn't eat out, I can tell you that much. I hunted for boyfriends who could buy my supper. <laughs> Fast forward to you're having children. You're married. Your husband has a, a, a business job. He's, he's working in, in... Not making a lot of money, but a lot more than 175 a month. I mean, it was... He's got a reasonable two, salary. Maybe $245 a month or something like that. It wasn't very much at all. And, of course, our rent was cheap. I think our rent was maybe 75 a month or something like that. We were in an apartment. And your decision, as we opened with, your decision was... I'm not working if there's babies around. Absolutely. was not going to have uh, bring a child into the world and send them off to a child care center. I absolutely would never have done that if I couldn't raise them myself. The thing that I want to ask is, is about raising our children to have a proper relationship with money. Well, I just knew we were limited with our funds. Uh, we had bought a home, so we had house payments to make. I knew all the, then, I, and that's when I took over all the money issues, all the tending to the business, cause paying the bills, because Daddy didn't want to fool with that. So um, I knew what we had, and I knew I wanted my children to learn how to be responsible with, with money early. Okay, let's hear about that. Early. You can't just start, you know, what do you want? You can have this, you can have this, you can have it. And we didn't ever do that. So how, what did you do? Well, uh, I sewed all their clothes. <laughs> I cooked all the meals. We never ate out. I remember even in maybe junior high or high school, you particularly, I remember, wanted the, those expensive tennis shoes. Andre Agassi tennis shoes, yeah. And I said, do you know how long Daddy would have to work to pay for those shoes. I remember that very question coming out of your mouth. And when I told you, you said, oh, I don't want those shoes. That's a very good thing to make a connection in a kid's head between the amount of work that would have to happen and that amount of dollars. Absolutely. Instead they of just, don't have that concept. How could they? How could they have that? I, I always told y'all what things cost, too. I told mm -hmm. you what the house payment cost us, and y'all were overwhelmed. You couldn't believe it. Remember, I was working at the church by the time I think I was 14. Yeah. You washing dishes, and then washing you dishes. were a lifeguard, and yeah. you mowed lawns with Curtis. You could do all that before 16, so that oh, was I took all those jobs. You did, yeah. So you had a little money, but you you didn't want to pay that for the. Well, I remember I remember splitting the shoes with you. 
Uh-huh. Um, you did for choose a, to do... Uh-huh. Yeah, a particular pair that I wanted. And yeah. So, okay, if I'll pay some, you'll pay some. Yeah. Do you think there's a value... Let's say we're talking to families who they do have... They do have plenty of money. And their kids want... I don't know, the whatever the styles are. Is there value in saying no, even if the money is sitting there? There is, and I, I would explain to the children why. Look at what this costs. This is what we have to pay. You know, can you see that that's valid? A yeah. valid request from your family, from your daddy who works so hard for you to have uh, a $50 top. Yeah. And you know honey, that once you wear it about three or four times, everybody's seen it and you don't want to wear it anymore. Mm -hmm. So why would we do that? I think there's a value in telling a child no, even if the money's there, even if you have the money, just for them to get used to choices have to be made. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't get everything you want. That's not healthy. That's not healthy for any of us to get everything we want. You're in a family. This is what families do. You're in an ecosystem. That's right. The things that you do affect other people. That's right. I've tried to walk the fence between not burdening my children with financial realities, but also to be upfront with them. Here's what piano lessons cost that you take. Here's what ballet lessons cost that you take. Now your sister is also doing this activity and this activity. I want you to understand in a month's time, in six months' time, how much money that is just mm-hmm. to make life work. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the, a living uh, game of life, you know, the game of life. We have to pay rent you know, all the time and et cetera. That, yeah. For them that, to just see the mechanics behind that's, that's right. money. They need to see that. And as you teach them, that's how they'll learn, you know, instead of just going, no, not going to do that. Right. You know? And I, if you remember the piano lessons that you took, you loved it. Yeah. You couldn't wait to get there, and you kind of got on our nerves practicing all the time. Bonnie, on the other that. hand, not it, interested. Not interested. It was a chore. She wouldn't practice, and so I told her. I said, "We can't afford to send you if you're not going to." And so we stopped, and she. We we had this conversation around the violin in my house, which is I'm not going to keep spending money on something that you're not passionate about. You're not going to pursue it. If you'll do the work, I'll support you. That's right. I have had peers who I saw as I was growing up. They, you know, we went to college and they were foolish with money. Oh, they didn't have a sense of. I very much had this sense. I felt pressure around it. I'm at college right now spending the money that my parents are making back in Houston. And I'm like, they're like shipping money away to me. And I got to, I got to make good on this. Uh, This is a responsibility. This is a a deep responsibility of mine. I got to make it worth their, worth worth their work. And I was very motivated to get out of school as soon as possible. Yep. I I remember taking 21 hours a couple of semesters because I thought this this thing got to get over with. I can't keep spending their money endlessly. This is a this is a wheel. I know I finished in four. Oh, you did. But but I never had to do uh, summer school either. Uh, That that kind of I just wonder how many kids these days even have that feeling where they just kind of feel like 
It's college. We'll it's, finish when we finish. Right. We'll see how it goes. That's right. You know what? I have an okay apartment. Dad, there's a nicer apartment in town. I think I'd like to stay at the nicer apartment in town. Yeah, I think I'm going to move. And I, I see some of that among college kids and think they don't see themselves as part of the family team. That's right. That's just all, that's they just right. think somebody's paying my bills. That's, that's all they're thinking. That's right. And so being woven into the family story, I think, is, is really important. Now, one aspect of that for me going to college was I remember specifically you uh, sitting down and teaching me how to balance my checkbook uh-huh. and saying every month this thing has to zero out That's right. and learning that, okay, I'm getting this much money for, for lifeguarding. I want to see the movies. I've got these dates lined up. I know I might need to pay some of my gas. I think you guys paid insurance and I paid gas, something like that. I've got, I got to make sure that it all works out. And I wasn't thinking putting money away for savings, but I knew that I had to zero out at the end of the month, which led to being very responsible with a credit card. Absolutely. And um, as soon as they have, you know, any amount of money that matters, uh, get them a little checking account and, and, um, and I'm not even sure a, a, a debit card is good. I mean, nowadays I would make my child write a check. I mean, it's significant when they actually write Physical. a check down. That's right. And they say, I'm spending this because it gets too flippant to stick a card in a machine. It is. It's automatic. You can't even remember what you bought. You get home and just like I was asking you, unless so I would I wouldn't even do that. I when you write check. a check, you've always got a record. You got a record. Yeah. And you 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 have to do a little work you to, have to, to do it. Significantly see what you're doing and and you won't forget. But anyway, yeah, I, I think that's very important teaching them responsibility with their own money in a in a little checking account because and if it's associated with the family, it's no cost. So I remember specifically early in college feeling like a credit card is is financial ruin i would never have. i remember thinking i we don't touch credit cards in no. this family i would never have allowed you to have a credit yeah. card so I, I would never let a young kid have a credit card there's no use in that but i remember when you moved into a new town which i did a lot in college days and they're around you go find a local bank you open up a checking account you get your you get your debit card and you're cranking with your little yeah, with your little checking I, account. I don't know if you had a debit card back then. Maybe we didn't. I don't think you did. But if you got a credit card, it wasn't because I thought it was a good idea, I can tell you that. I I know I did get a credit card either my last year of college or right afterward. But I know for sure that from the start there has never been a month in my life when I didn't pay completely off. pay off my credit me, card. Me bill. either. <laughs> I've never carried over any money yeah. on, on a credit card. If I couldn't pay it, I didn't charge it. This is something that I hear a lot is that people feel they feel out of control with the the cash, the money that is handed to their kids by relatives at birthdays yeah. and Christmases. And then the kid feels like this is my money. Well, uh, we didn't have a lot of that coming in uh, yeah. because our family was all poor too. Yeah. <laughs> so if you got five dollars or something, five or ten dollars, that was fine. Oh you know, yeah. And, and you never got 
fifty dollars sure. or a hundred dollars or anything. No. Yeah. I'm just wondering what you would advise to people who are saying that now. Oh. Um, okay, my five year old just got fifty dollars for Christmas. And I'd have to think about that. My tendency would be to say, take it away from them. Take their money. I mean, that's been our policy. Say, I'll hold it. Is when our kids get money, we act like that's income for them. Okay? If it's income, I don't care if it's a gift or what it is, then we, our policy is you're going to be giving some of that money away to the kingdom, to God's yeah. stuff. That's right. And you're going to be saving some of that money. That's right. Our rule of thumb, I know that Mark and I have talked about this several times, our rule of thumb with raising kids because it's simple, is a third, a third, a third. Now, I, I, know, I know that that's, they, God doesn't tell us we have to give a third of our money away, and maybe that's a little too aggressive on savings. That, that policy might not carry out into their 16, 17, 18 years old. That's a great idea. But when a kid is 3 to 12 years old, keep it simple. You are given 30 bucks. Great. 10 of that I will hold and that you will spend. We'll, mm -hmm. We will call it your money. Ten of it will be go towards your savings. We have to keep kids motivated on savings. They have to feel that my future power is growing. So like showing them statements is a really Great good idea. idea. Great idea. And then a third of that money is to giving. Now, I think our default growing up was always, you're just going to give it to the church. We do with our kids. We walk through what are God's things that are on your heart? What, what, do, yeah. you, what do you love? That's a good idea. Well, our girls are concerned about uh, pregnant moms and wanting to support those pregnant moms and make sure that no baby is unwanted. So they want to give money to that kind of stuff. They want to give money to um, Israel. You know, all of the kind of stuff is great. I want to encourage yeah. that. And if they would say, oh, well, I want to give it to the local church, that's great too. I just, I'm, we don't limit it to that. You Very know, you have good to, idea. So it's a, it's a good starting spot for training. Very that's good that's idea. the whole conversation yeah. is training children. How would you grade your children, your, your adult grown children, on how they've handled money? I'm extremely proud of my grown children. And I think that when you were single and didn't have a whole lot of money. <laughs> no, I did not. You managed. And I really don't recall you calling home and asking us to send you money. It never happened, everyone. I'll just, I, I'll just I say that. I never It never remember. happened. Uh -uh. And, and you were destitute I was gonna say, in people, Nashville. People who are new to the podcast, I'll just tell you, I had tax returns one year of $11,000, and the next year I had a tax return of $9,000. Uh -huh. So I have, I have made it on very, very little. And, and then you, uh, oh, and, and Huddersfield earned 8000 one year? Yeah, as a, as a missionary. That was his total income for the year. That's right. And he never called home for money. You ate a lot of junk, I guess. I don't know what you ate. Pasta. Pasta and beans. Pasta and beans. Yeah, I got whatever gene you had, which was I'm going to live below what I had. Within and my means. I think in college is when, actually when I had the very least. least. And so when I had regular money coming in, even overseas, I knew that I was getting this stipend. I didn't eat any, you know, anything fancy at all, but I, I remember that I was saving money up as really? I was living overseas. 
so that by the end of like every six months, I could afford to go into the continent and see some of Europe. That's right. I thought sightsee and, and kind of, yeah. If I need to eat oatmeal while I'm here, I'm here. This is my chance. I don't want to, uh -huh. I don't want to blow it all on drinking Cokes. You know, how, how stupid. Right. That, I'm Wasted not going to do that. It. Yeah. And here's something I've never asked you, but I've noticed about me and my sister is that we've both had an entrepreneurial streak where we've both been willing to try something new, take a chance, even put money on the line. I haven't always been successful when I put money on the line, but I've, there's something that's I've been willing to strike out on my own and, and do things. Do you see any anything that you did training wise you that know, would have encouraged? I, I don't I don't know about that at all. I, I don't have an answer for that. Okay. I don't know what I may have done. I, the only thing I can come up with is when you have learned the practice of living inside Within your means, your means. You, you are not so afraid of not getting a paycheck at the end of the month it's or true. thinking, oh, what if I get fired? No, I'll never recover. And That's I think true. to myself, yeah, I will recover. Yeah. If I don't, if, if I lose a job, yeah, I'll make it. I'll, That's right. I, I can make it. Or if this business idea doesn't work out, we gave it our best shot. We'll make it. We'll be all right. That's right. So that's the only thing I can come up yeah. with. And there's some kind of confidence that goes in there too. Some yeah. kind of courage. And teaching your children independence, which uh, I, I do think I did a good job on that too. And I know that it was because I had lost my mother young and I thought that could happen to me and y'all would be, wouldn't know how to do it. You were completely unprepared for your mother yes. to die. Uh-huh. Now I was in the, in the in the in the kitchen with her all the time. But that was the Lord looking out for me because he knew I was going to have to take over. She wasn't intentionally like training you. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I wanted to be in there and I, Cindy wanted to be in the in the bedroom uh, writing a story. Yeah. See? So I was always afraid that could happen to y'all without have a mother. So I just intentionally said um you know, as soon as you were able, young, I said, you'll wash your own clothes and put them in the dryer and take care of your, your own clothes. And you pack your lunches in the morning to go to school and you rode your bicycles and you were good at it. Bonnie wasn't. And she would put hers under the bed, her, her dirty, dirty clothes. clothes. So one morning <laughs> she got up and she said, I don't have any clean clothes. And I said, well, I, I guess you're going to have to wear something dirty. That's frustrating that for you. Your, that was your job, and you didn't do it. So she never did it again. Yeah. I would just like to everybody to just pause one second and just imagine your sixth graders telling your sixth graders, I won't be washing or folding your clothes anymore. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good kind of bat mitzvah thing that you're graduating into you're now taking care of your own stuff. Mm -hmm. You're doing your lunch, which of course I do with my girls. Um, I told you the other day uh -huh. when they woke up in the morning <laughs> that one of my daughters made pancakes for, for the two of them. And one of them made rice and beans and put them, you know, made, okay. made a lunch, a hot lunch that she was taking to school. And I was upstairs. I didn't even know any of this is happening. So I think that's a good sign. I just think it's important for us as we're trying to build financial independence, you just can't do everything for your kids. I hope you're hearing that. You, you mustn't 
do everything for your kids and you mustn't do everything that they want you to do. No. You can't buy everything they want you to buy. No. Um, I, I kind of have this tension when we're in the grocery store. We're buying groceries. My kids will ask for those gummy fruit snacks, you know. Junk. Yeah. And I, will, I might say yes to one of those things. And then the next thing they ask for, I'm thinking to myself, we have room in the budget for that. We could do that. But I'm just thinking to myself, no, I already got you the one thing. You're not getting anything else. Mm -hmm. This is not, I can't stress that if you make this a habit, there's no pushback from my kids on that because this is what they always expect. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not this whining and complaining and nagging. It's just like, okay, well, we're okay, not going to get that. Okay, daddy. And I think there must be a habit for that for our kids of saying no to them. Something else I did. Um, I, as little bitty kids, I bought some clippers and started cutting y'all's hair. And I wasn't very good at it. But through the years, I learned how. Well, as little bitty kids, y'all didn't care what your hair looked like. Mm -hmm. So because I was learning, it didn't matter to you, but I got pretty good at it. So I cut yours and Bonnie's There were There were some cut ears along the way. Some cut ears uh -huh. and, and daddy's hair and my hair. Think of what I saved. It's, it's staggering to think of Cutting. over a 20 year, 20 years of kids. And I remember you coming home from college a lot of times and saying, mom, you need to cut my hair. Yeah. I don't know whether no you didn't they you didn't like how they cut hair in college station or you didn't want to spend the money. It was probably a combination of right. both. But I'll say in College Station, Texas, they do cut hair one way, which is lean oh. forward. Uh, yeah. So if you wanted any kind of style, yeah. you better come you home. You wanted me to cut your hair. They're gonna rip it all off. Yeah. You you, you can't uh, you can't give children everything they want. And it doesn't hurt them to hear no. Yeah, if you've read many articles at Abraham's Wallet, you know that it is a financial fact as well as, I believe, a biblical mandate that if a, if a multi-generational family continues to follow the Lord and is, lives below their means, that it's impossible that that family doesn't end up wealthy. It's impossible. I mean, my father and my mother both grew up picking cotton. You know, I've told you the story of my $30,000, $32,000 car that we just bought with cash. Like something significant happened between my dad uh, picking cotton at age 10 and me buying a $32,000 car with yeah. cash and not worrying about it because we have the money. We're fine. And, and it stands to reason that my children, if I can teach them these principles, they're going to be more wealthy than I am. And my grandchildren, if we can teach them these principles, are going to be more wealthy than my children. It, it stands to reason. It doesn't matter how much money they earn. If they live below their means and they're saving some money and they're giving some money, the family wealth will grow over time. Yeah. So the ability to teach our children these principles it's like red alert it's urgent imperative or they will be ruined by money they will be ruined by that which my father and mother sacrificed to afford me that which i have sacrificed to afford my children will actually be their ruin so we have to get our heads around how to train our children and, and to I handle finances I, I, I absolutely believe it's godly oh yeah 
I, I think that that's something that the Lord tells parents, you know. He, yes. He's given you children. <laughs> he doesn't just say, just do whatever you want to do no. with them. You're going to just love them. No. No. One, one of the things that we've gotten wrong over the years is that we think that when the Proverbs is kind of ground zero for this teaching, when the Proverbs tell us to discipline our children, we tend to think that that means how we react to their disobedience. That's disciplining your children. But if you think of putting someone into the army, disciplining them doesn't have anything to do with whether they do right or wrong. Disciplining them means we're putting skills in place. We're creating mm -hmm. discipline in Teaching. them. We're disciplining them. We're making them disciplined. And that's what we have to do with our children. Um, if no one ever acquires anything of your child, that is to say no to itself, to get up when it doesn't want to get up, to do schoolwork until it's complete, no matter how much time it takes you. Sorry, you can't go out with your friends. You have to complete your responsibilities. It's not about the schoolwork getting done. It's about creating a heart of discipline in your child. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking when you said it's godly, Titus chapter 2 says that the Spirit of God teaches us how to say no. Absolutely. I love that verse. It teaches us how to say no. And if you have never taught your children how to say no to themselves, you have done them a grave disservice. Mm -hmm. We have to build self-control, self-discipline, and yes, even self-denial into our children. Absolutely. I believe that at some age you need to start having, teaching your children how to fast with, your, with the family. What is fasting about? It's a practice of saying no to yourself. Because I believe in something more than eating food, and that is having a life of prayer. Yeah. These kind of skills really build on each other. Uh, so, just thinking something else that I did with y'all. I bought you alarm clocks early. Remember? Yes, I do. Hello again, amigos. I hope you're getting some value out of this conversation with my mom. I am super interested in the things that she has to say. Hope hope you are too. I just thought I would uh, give you a little bit of an update on what's happening around Abe's Wallet world. I, I have to say this every few weeks that we are so grateful for people who donate to keep us on the air, as it were. You know, I'm, I'm constantly, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see uh, somebody, some ding dong in the room. Uh, did not look at the monitor to see what was being captured in the viewfinder. Luckily, you got plenty of Linda, and unluckily, you didn't get me. Uh, because the cameraman, the, the poorly trained cameraman, that's me, forgot to frame things right. So we're constantly trying to improve things like, well, what do I need? Do I need a monitor to be looking at my video camera? Do I need better cables? You know, for a long time, we had this latency between what you would hear uh, on, on my video, here where I'm sitting uh, in my office, you, there'd be a difference between what you're seeing and what you're hearing. And uh, that requires, you know, cables and little upgrades and I've got to be trained and skilled and blah, blah, blah. And we just wouldn't be able to do any of it if it weren't for the wonderful people who believe in what we're trying to give you and donating. And I'm just so grateful. We've we've had a couple of new donors in the last week, and uh, you know, even if it's five dollars a month that somebody's you know does a regular donation, it gives us it gives us some runway because we're thinking, well, 
We're going to be able to pay all the bills, you know, that it takes to make all this stuff uh, next month. So, okay, well, let's take a chance and buy some new equipment and interview people. Uh, we've got a, we're working on a series right now that's about AI. I think that AI is something that is encroaching upon our very families. Um, I don't mean that it's sinister necessarily, but there are certainly sinister people that want to take advantage of AI and get into your homes. And I think that believing families need a strategy and we need to be informed about what's coming down the pipe. We're working on that and it takes time and it takes money to uh, film all this stuff. So anyhow, I'm just so grateful to the donors and want, and want to say that repeatedly. If you want to be in that number, you've been listening a while and you think, yeah, I get, I get value out of this. I would, I would spend a couple of bucks to keep this going. By all means, come to abrahamswallet.com slash donate and uh, join our ranks. That would mean a lot to us. And I have to remind you, if you didn't happen to hear, uh, it was on the back end of the episode. I'll put a link to it uh, right here in the video. The episode that I did with my father-in-law, Johnny Breitenfeld, about his beach house. Uh, on the second half of that, we featured a new podcast that I'm doing called What the Church. It's up on YouTube. It's on places like Spotify and Google. I believe we're having some hiccups getting it uh, pushed out to Apple Podcasts. But um, just to tell you about that, it's going to be shorter form. We're trying to keep those 10 to 15 minutes. And it's just a shot in the arm regarding how am I supposed to think biblically about what's happening in the modern church. So anyways, that's kind of all of our goings on. I didn't want to take too much time away from this interview with Linda, but wanted to let you know how things are going and say thank you once again to our lovely sponsors, which are you. Thank you guys. And uh, back to the interview. I said, this is when you have to get up. There's an alarm. I hope you make it down in time to go to school. Yeah. Uh, you will go to school and y'all never missed. You always, you always got up when the alarm went off. Sometimes so, sweating they, to get in. You knew I wasn't coming up there to get you. Uh, yes. Yeah, there was not going to be a safety net if, if we yeah. messed up. Yeah. And of course that carried through into our, you know, your first job. How much yeah. does it matter that you get there on time, yes. that your shirt's tucked in, that you're ready to go, yes. that you've shaven if you're a man, Absolutely. you're ready to go. Well, I had that, that had that feeling built into me, this almost fear when the alarm goes off, I have to be body, there on better time. get up. Well, get ready. my the jobs I had in college, they wanted me there long term. Everybody wanted me there because what do I do? I show up on time. Mm -hmm. I work hard. I hit my I hit my marks, whatever my responsibilities are. Mm -hmm. And if something's not done, I'll stay behind a little bit longer. You know, who doesn't want an employee like that? Yeah. And this is what this is what these skills produce is. Yeah. You know, if you've got a child who is lazy, they don't meet the expectations on their life, they don't handle responsibility well, my eye immediately goes to, well, how did the parents do? Mm -hmm. How did, did the parents give in to them all the time? Mm -hmm. If a child knows their mama's going to come up there and beg and beg and beg and walk away and come back with a drink of water and beg and beg, they're going to just lay there. Well, I think the anecdotes about kind of being tough on us are pretty pretty helpful. Did anything else come to mind about times that you 
had to be tough and you kind of had to turn against your motherly instincts and go like, I'm, I want to train winners here. I got to train responsible people. You know, just off the top of my head, I remember school. Um, you came home and complained about a teacher that had, I, and your story was she'd been pretty rough. And uh, I listened and I didn't take your word for it, which I think is important <laughs> because parents do take their children's it's word. It's true. And so I arranged a meeting. I didn't react to that. I arranged a meeting with her, I can't remember her name now, and went down and I said, um, I just want to, Stephen has come home and told me about an incident that happened yesterday or the day before. Would you tell me about that as well? Well, once I heard her side of it, I knew how to handle it because I expected her not to lie. And you know, you may have embellished it some, I don't remember, I don't even remember what it was, but I, I, you, you don't, you don't just do what you didn't, child. You didn't go, you didn't take that meeting to advocate for me. That's right. That wasn't right. the reason that you did. I didn't go yeah. down there and start lashing out at her because you're a child. Right. You, children are not adults. They can't think like adults. Children think they're adults. They'll correct their parents when they shouldn't be. They think they're grown up, just but they're not, and yeah. they won't be till they're 25 years old, yeah. right? Because right. they say the brain is still developing. The brain is developed at 25 years old, so don't expect them to act like an adult because yeah. they're not. Yeah. Well, we we had an incident. Um, I'll just tell this tale on that point. We had an incident recently where uh, my youngest would come home complaining about a girl at school and this girl pops off about what she believes and it's terrible i think this father had gotten encouragement from a mutual friend of ours that had said look if you have something to say to the manuals stephen will hear you out so go ahead well this father wrote me an email oh. saying oh. your daughter has troubled my child has upset my child oh really and i immediately thought i could see that based <laughs> on the things that we have heard from her so i i heard him out and i just responded with i am so sorry for what your child experienced if i need to if i need to do something if my child needs to do something to to make it right we will i take full responsibility for her I'm sorry about what happened for you. You know, I bless you. This person is a Christian. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And the guy responded with like, I've never received an email like that in my life. I oh, have no idea. Bless you. I did not know that you would respond this way. That bless means so you. much. He said, I think he said that I was moved to tears by your, your email. Is that right? Like your, your, oh, bless your heart. and it was, it was just this thing that you're talking about, which is my child is a sinner. That's right. She's not an adult, she's, so she's not. She doesn't have the ability no. to feel zealously about something, no, and then present it coolly. You know, mm -hmm. like she's in a conference room, and she, I'm sure she she violated something. And I'm so sorry. And our our Christian bond is more important than that. And Absolutely. if I need to deal with her, I will. And I assured him that I would, etc. Great answer. I think that goes along with what we're saying because the the modern, if you take all of your cues from culture, the modern move is our consumeristic culture tells us 
a loving parent indulges their child at all times. They, they, they do whatever they have to do for the child. Any of this child's shortcomings, you make up for yourself. Oh, yes. And then you go defend them out to the world. Yes. And that does not produce the kind of disciples that we're called to Absolutely produce. Absolutely not. Absolutely. You're doing so much damage to your child when you do that. Yeah. There's so much to parenting, and it never really ends. I mean... Well, no, because you, I've always, I always said this to my dad when he would say, son, I'm done parenting. You know, I'd say, dad, you're showing me what it's like to be a 60 year old and a 70 year old mm -hmm. and an 80 year old. I don't know what those things look like, yeah. but you're, you're still modeling these things for me. I don't know what grandparenting looks like. Yeah. I never grew up with grandparents. They, they were all dead. Yeah. So, you know, there's, the, there's still a really important role that gets played and then there's a second generation of grandchildren where you can reinforce these same lessons and you can kind of play second string parent again to the children if you've taught your children how to, to do these things yeah. then you can do it you can reinforce them again yeah. so these are really important these are really important um, roles that we're to play well it comes back once again to a truth that we have centered on many times at abe's wallet which is the Bible teaches us that money is not the most important thing, that it vanishes like a mist. It, it, it's not going to last forever. However, there are lessons that get taught through the use of money that we can't learn any other way. And they apply upstream. They apply to relationships. They apply to spiritual life, etc. God really cares about the way that we handle money. And it's not because man, money is so valuable. No. It's because there are skills taught in the handling of money that apply to so many other things. So I just want to encourage all parents out there, please take very seriously the way that you condition your children to respond to money, how they think about money. Do they think that you are a bottomless pit of mm -hmm. money? If they do, that's not good. You yeah. need to tell them there's a limit to what we can ever do. Even if you have the ability to go to um, Disney World, they shouldn't think, go for it, kids. Whatever t-shirt you want today, anything, no. don't, don't do that. Even if you're a mega millionaire and the sky really is the limit, you mustn't say that to your children because it will, it will destroy them. So If you tell them you can have one t-shirt while we're here, they'll be so particular. Th that, that is such a great point, and it's so practical. They'll be looking at one, all of them. You get one thing, get all one, week. You can have one thing. They'll look at all of them with these Thinking very about it, yeah. real clear eyes. Maybe I want the stuffed animal. Maybe this, I like this one, but I bet you down the street there's a better one. Right. And they'll come home with their absolute favorite. And they'll have so much more satisfaction out of buying that one than five that they don't care about. Absolutely. It's true. When they get to be when they get to be seventeen, they'll still wish they could get into that T shirt. That's true. That, it's that they, value they to them. But so much time to pick it out. Just the right one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we paid for any mission trips, choir trips, summer church camps. We paid for one way or another. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go to basketball camp, you better figure that out. You better figure that out. We paid sometime half, but you had to pay the other half. But those were the things that we cared about. Spiritual formation. That's right, that we wanted. So 
they knew that we we paid for that. Such an important thing. So you that, never missed a one. Yeah, that's got to be a line item in our budgets is how are we enriching our families spiritually. Yeah. And I would challenge you if that line is zero, you should figure out a way to spend some money in that category. Figure out a way to enrich your family spiritually, those, whether it's going to a conference or a camp or yeah, a retreat, something. Those mission trips were invaluable. Invaluable to shaping you our went, character. You went to Mexico and slept on a dirt floor in junior high. Seventh grade went to Honduras. Seventh grade. I'll that never was, forget the, the, the story about the milk. Or the, 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 you ask, you, they ask you what... What did you have for breakfast? You said you drank milk usually, and they went out and, and uh, milked a goat. Here's and the came milk. Came in with hot goat milk. Straight and from you, inside their body. And you said, <laughs> I had to drink it. Yeah. See, now another child maybe wouldn't have. Right. You said, I had to drink Jesus it. said, I, I had to knew drink they it. had gone and gotten it for me. I love that story. Yep. You, and you got it down and didn't throw it up. Right. <laughs> Jesus said, um, when you go to some house in my name, whatever they put in that's front of right. you, you eat it. Yep. And that same on that same trip, might not be that same trip, but um, this was Mexico with Chris. There was, I remember there was a pot of beans that they had on the stove all week oh, while we were there. My. And same they beans. would just warm them up and re... And they were never refrigerated. It was just a pot of beans. Same beans. And so they were tasting pretty sour by the end of the week. And I just kept thinking, Jesus told me what to do in this situation. I really don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And that's excellent character building. This was the family who had one bedroom. And when yes. we came in, we looked around. I'm thinking, where are we going to sleep? How are you hosting people? Yeah. How are you hosting people when you only have one bed? Yeah. The answer was... Their whole family slept on the floor, and me and Chris slept in they the family insisted, bed. They insisted, I think. They insisted. Yeah. It, it was so humbling. In the one bed, and they slept on the floor, yeah. dirt floor. Yeah. Oh, what, what character building. Yeah, excellent. I was so happy to see y'all do things like that. And, and I, know, I don't know if you realize the value of it Surely at the time. Surely not, no. But now you do. Sure. Well, thank you for building financial discipline into me and sharing with people how to do the same with their families. Well, you're very welcome. It was a privilege for me to uh, be a mama. Hey, if you liked this content, be sure to like it and subscribe and share it with somebody. And remember, no matter how you're doing and leading your family, God's love for you is huge and His grace is... Planet! Planet! Planet!